On this week's episode of Take a Shot With Me, I sit down with Nick and Devin from the Educated Fools. Educated Fools is a six-piece fusion rock band from Baltimore, Maryland. Nick, Devin, and I sit down and take shots as we chat about their music, who they would love to work with in the future, their highest and lowest moments since being a part of the band, how they create music, and what they think about live streams. Devin also talks about how much he loves 99 Bananas and Rumplemints, while teaching us how to smoke weed and take a shot at the same time. So don't let anyone tell you that this show isn't educational. As always, I had a great chat with Devin and Nick and learned a bunch about the two and the Educated Fools' music. Please do rate the podcast five stars on Apple and follow us on Spotify if you like it. Also, if you ever have any suggestions on what would make this pod better, please send me a line. With all that said, and without further ado, sit back, relax, and take a shot with me. What's going on, everybody? My name is Rob, and welcome to the Take a Shot With Me podcast, a show where I ask questions and we take shots, giving rising artists, bands, and producers a platform to speak. On today's show, I'm sitting down with Nick Hatsitz, the lead singer, and David Barone, the drummer from Educated Fools. Educated Fools is a fusion rock band from Baltimore, Maryland. Educated Fools is made up of six members, Devin, Tali Garrison on the bass, Nick, who we are also chatting with today, Kyle Sappington, vocals, Logan Sappington, guitar and vocals, and Ben, I'm going to mess up your name, Ben, I'm sorry, Ben Yanchkis? With the keys, hey, their music mixes alt-rock, reggae, hip-hop, ska, and punk which results in a very unique and individual sound. Their music has similarities to Sublime, 311, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you can really tell by listening to their music. They have a very feel-good energy and focus about their guitarist, pure rock, singing, rapping, and jam rock vibes. Their unique sound started up in 2016, and since then they have supported acts like Wyclef, Coolio, Badfish, Big Something, and so many more. These guys are bringing some feel-good rock fusion to the Charm City with their songs and their music. Yet, without further ado, how are you guys doing, my friends? Good. How are you? We're doing good, man. Thanks for having us. I'm looking forward to talking to you both and getting to know the real educated fools. So let's take a cheers to breaking the ice. Cheers. Cheers. And that's how I want to start off this conversation. I want to start it off strong and come out swinging by saying, why did six white guys living in Maryland decide to get together and create this fusion rock band relying heavily on reggae and hip hop influences? Obviously, that's not everything you guys do, but a lot of your sounds you create follow that sound. What made you guys kind of come together and create that? I mean, uh, from the very beginning, me and Devin were in a band for the good part of 10 10 years together, even before this project. And a a majority of our influences have always been, you know, reggae uh, influence, either, you know, if it's sublime, sublime is kind of the foundation, reggae, Barris Hammond, Buju Bantan, all the stuff we're listening to. Uh, is is kind of what what the inspiration was. Reggae is a good format for for the kind of songwriting that that I like to do, especially you know with like writing a chorus, writing a verse, the kind of like signature that I have with kind of blending the the poetic you know verse slash chorus uh, combination. It's a good format. It's, it's an easy, simple format. It's something that everyone can get down with universally. So. Reggae just kind of seemed like a good fit. Plus, we have like extreme hip hop influences and um, and and rock, obviously. So, I mean, it was kind of a no brainer, like as far as what we enjoyed doing. 
it's a good kind of starting point. And then from there, I think we're not a traditional reggae band. I mean, we don't really play like roots reggae. A lot of our stuff is very high energy, a lot of rock, a lot of heavy guitar. Um, Devin's got a very versatile style as far as like drumming and stuff. So, I mean, it just kind of made sense to, to go with that as like a foundation, but I, I know we kind of take it in different tangents and go off and, you know, it just made a lot of sense. Plus we listened to punk. We had a, uh, an interview with Howie Spangler from, from Ballyhoo. We were talking about, um, why it is that we decided to do this and kind of rebel music is what first stood out to me. I've been thinking about this, like this, this concept of like rebel music. Reggae has always been that, even though it's more of a, like it's a softer format, I guess, from like punk or like your traditional, like thrash, like crazy, like fuck the system type of shit. Are we allowed to f- cuss on this? I, I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. Okay. No, good. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. You guys can curse. It's fine. <laughs> so, so we're kind of, we're kind of like, we're kind of like go at the system with a more of a soft, softer tempo a little bit, but um, we all have a lot to say. We are all very high energy people, um, but we still have that, you know, that tempered vibe to us. So I think reggae is a good mold for that. Okay, true. So it's not like that's the only sound that you guys try to create, but that's kind of what you've created so far because you can follow that sort of process and you have influences from that music. For, for sure, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's obviously it's not like rage, like you're not going like rage against the machine, punk rock type vibes, but you are getting that you do have some sort of heavy guitar riffs. You do have some sort of heavy influences from pure punk rock. If you meet any of us, we're all kind of in your face. Yeah, we're all pretty yeah, high yeah, energy yeah. people. So it's like, you know, we, we all come together in a reggae vibe, which is kind of crazy. It's like that's their that's like our therapeutic sound for all of us. You know, kind of like it's our, our mental it's like our mental uh, therapy to like be part of a reggae band. It, like all it chills us all out, even though we're all kind of maniacs. From what I've seen from you guys, you seem like like really nice guys, really good guys. But you're obviously you're 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 big personalities. You like enjoy yeah. to have fun. You enjoy to have a party. And that's For kind sure. of the opposite of what you'd see from like a regular reggae band where they're kind of like chill relax yeah you know, whatever that, that shows our music for sure absolutely like there's always like a little piece of reggae in each song but if you listen to every song it's mainly like rock in your face punk ska it's not always just like the same like rootsy reggae chords that you would traditionally hear with a reggae band so yeah we're very much uh, all high energy all alpha male <laughs> Good, good, good. Um, actually, so Nick, you talked about you being on that podcast, the uh, Howie uh, from Ballyhoo. And I just remember listening back to the podcast and you kind of chatted about how you write your songs and you use a very similar structure um, to wh- the way you wrote poetry back in high school. Um, I just kind of wanted to know why did you get into poetry back in high school and then why do you feel like that writing structure has stayed with you ever since then yeah i went to like a pretty progressive high school so slam poetry was like a big thing back then this is like 2001 2002 and uh i I had some pretty influential english teachers at the time my school they were like you know you're a good writer you should try the slam poetry thing i was like all right well i was already kind of into performance art at the time i was like in theater and stuff like that and i was like all right well I'll, i'll i'll write some poems or whatever so like whatever, whatever I was feeling at the time, it was a cool way to like express my thoughts, you know, like get whatever I was feeling or, or going through at the time, get it on paper. And then the way I was writing was kind of like a, like not song, but it was in a way that was like very, it, it was very, uh, 
it had kind of a signature of a song where it had like uh, t- some timing. It had like a, a rhythm to it. So I got I got into the slam thing, and that kind of helped me with writing, like writing like a, a, a poem or or whatever it is or whatever I was thinking. So I did that in a in front of a crowd. It was like an assembly of kids. It was like every Friday or so. It was like slam Fridays, and then I did that. And that kind of got me used to like being in front of of a crowd and like actually you know doing something like that. Um, so, I hip hop is like I kind of write with a hip hop format where I, you know like I I try to rhyme. I, I if I if I have a thought or like a, a something I'm gonna write about, I I try to figure out the words that are gonna rhyme that still make sense. I mean that's pretty simple when you hear it. Like it, you know it makes it makes a lot of sense. It's pretty obvious. Like you're gonna try to rhyme what you're saying. Um, so like, it just works. It just works for the reggae thing, especially because, you know, if you hear, if you hear words that are, that are collected in a way that's like easy to hear and makes sense, it all fits with the song. It's, it's, it's within the cer- certain timing signature, everything works. Like it, it just made sense. So that's kind of where I've developed my style from, from like that poetry stuff. And, and to add to that, Nick, and as well as Kyle, like from like what Nick was just saying, it's the message that they're delivering to it's it's like it, the message is huge sometimes what they're what they're you know what they're going into and what they're talking about and stuff like that and and that stems from nick's poetry background a lot of times you'll listen to like listen to the songs listen to words and some you're like what it's crazy and then you like listen back to it a couple of times and it's you're like wow that's like that makes so much sense that's so relevant to like what's going on in today's world or just with anything really. And, and a lot of people can relate to it, you know? So Nick is definitely a beast at the poetry. Kyle too, big up to Kyle. Like he kills it too with the, with the slaying the vocals on, on the rapping aspect, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's very um, metaphorical, obviously like that is rap. It's, it's metaphors. It's building on past kind of rhyme schemes and it's going like that those uh bars and then me and me and devin being in a band together for so long like i'll almost we almost have like our own rhythm section like he'll sometimes play off the lyrics you know what i mean so like a lot of the how the drums are laid down um same with our old band like the way that the style is is eventually develops the, the the lyrics kind of model the 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 tempo of like how the drums are gonna get laid out so we almost play off each other in a in a weird way yeah, so that kind of that kind of led me to my next sort of question was more to Devin. So, as a drummer, do you cr- try to create that rhythm off of what Nick is writing or what Kyle is writing, or are you do you have a sort of a structure in your head and then you kind of lay it out and then maybe Nick and Kyle work off of that? Dude, that's a really good question. Um, and I would say probably all three of those. Um, <clears throat> it it depends how like the. It depends. Like when you're writing songs, it, there's there is so much that goes into it. Obviously, you're a musician. Um, that's how I used to write. I used to write just like so. Nick, I would listen to the melody and and the flow of his voice, and and then I would jam to that. Um, the way that we write songs now, it's it, we kind of all put our two cents in, and um, and then we structure it that way. And then maybe someone else is like, well, let's try this here. Let's switch this up. Maybe do this with your vocal or let's do this with the rapping. Why don't we try this with the guitar? So, um, for the, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I, all three of those, that's how that's I, it, all those three things are a factor when I'm writing songs and, and how I'm going to structure the drums to, to what everyone's doing in the band. 
Yeah. So it's, it's not just like a clear cut. This is the only way it's going to be. You kind no, of have yeah, never, never, never been that way. So yeah, Nick, Nick sings something one way or his flow during a certain verse or something, or like the way he says a certain word, I'll do like little accents to it, you know, to fill it in. But we all kind of just vibe off each other and in and, and the direction, the song and the way that things are structured and written. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That uh, really kind of encompasses a true band feeling where it's not just like, all right, it's this person and then everyone works off of that person. It's like, all right, everyone's working together for a common goal, which is creating a song and everyone exactly. needs to have their part and everyone needs to have their part. So at the end of the day, so the guitars, the keys, the drummer, the singer, the rapper, whatever, they're all coming together and they're all working off each other to create that song. So, hey, let's take a shot to creating a band together, a group. Ooh, 99's really good to you. All right, so you guys have opened and supported many varying types of musical acts over the years. Coolio, Bumping Uglies, Wyclef, Badfish, and so many more. From all of these artists, who do you feel like your music complements the best? Like, whose sound do you feel like really works for your music as a opening act? I would say Fortunate Youth probably was, was like the band that I think we, we meshed with the most. Why, why was that? Was there's like... There needs because uh, obviously Wyclef is very different than like a Bumping Uglies or like a Coolio. So like, what what is it about their sound that you feel like just matches with you guys? Well, we were on tour with them with Bumping Uglies actually. So they were playing. They, they were kind of like the middle. We opened up for them on a, a stretch of dates in on the East Coast. Um, I would say personality wise, I think it like we all definitely meshed a lot. So like they're very similar to us as people, and. Um, I think we have a high energy to us, which is, I think is cool for a, a band like fortunate youth is very much more reggae based. So like they're very much more like traditional reggae style, even though they're like SoCal reggae. Uh, I think coming out like off, off the bat being high energy in the beginning, it, it kind of like it's, it switches it up a little bit, which is cool for a crowd seeing an opener. Cause if it's a band that's like chill and, and whatever they could just, you know, we could just get written off of some other reggae band as an opener you know so the fact that we're a lot more versatile and different than like your traditional band that you go see i think set the stage um it's like oh who are these guys like i didn't expect to see this type of band you know opening up for fortunate youth i would just expect to see any reggae band you know the same yeah well said whatever yeah i couldn't agree more i i was gonna say the same band fortunate youth that was a blast yeah it was a really fun tour yeah it was fun so so it's like you you kind of so you're breaking up the flow. So they're like a band is obviously, I mean, people coming to see Fortunate Youth, they're going to expect reggae, like something classic or something down tempo, something kind of like what you'd expect, like chilled, laid back. And then they hear you coming at them like strong, but with a similar feel. But obviously it has those rock vibes. It kind of it does kind of uplift the people for a bit. There's like, oh, shit, they get that energy. They get that hype miss of the show. And then they can kind of, you know, then follow into the show a bit more because like there's always differences like in EDM electronic music. You want to gradually build up to the climax and then it goes down where you guys you kind of build to the climax and then you got gradually go down, which is the style of the music, which kind of exactly makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. But not to say like Coolio wasn't awesome. That was an incredible experience to be able to play with that guy, meet him. Uh, Wyclef Sean, that was amazing as well. So with the rap aspect that we do with our music, it, it does mold well with with that background too, or that genre. So 
I mean, it was it's it's just awesome, man, to be able to play regardless. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question though, but yeah, it's just uh, we love every show. The the I would I would agree with Nick. The Fortunate Youth that was probably like the coolest. I think that that was the best experience for us, you know, and yeah, and accent sure. to their to their music and to ours. So it felt more like we were opening up for these other bands too, like with Wyclef and with Coolio. Like it felt like we were opening up for these big acts and fortunate youth. They're a big band. They have a lot of followers and they have a lot of listeners, but it felt more like a family, like almost off right off the bat. It was like, we're part of this thing. So it was a little bit, it was a little bit different. Dynamic. Yeah, it was more communal, yeah, we're like communal a communal kind of like just all getting wasted and high as fuck for like yeah, two weeks. Yeah, so. getting another tour manager and like everyone was just super cool. Yeah, it was it was it felt more like a like a tour, like we were with them as opposed to opening up for them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're part of the you're part of the crew. You're part of the right. team more or less yeah. than just like another act supporting somebody. Type exactly. Thing. Um, which actually, so as you were talking about, like obviously opening up for reggae bands, opening up for uh, hip hop um, acts. So as you were chatting with um, Howie, um, you talked about how you're going to be doing like a collaboration with their band um, coming up in the future. So obviously, as an artist or as a group, you would potentially want to collaborate with a bunch of different sorts of styles that are similar to yours, whether it be rock, rap, reggae. I want to know, and I think this is quite interesting, what is one rapper and one reggae act that you feel like you would do amazing with as, on like a collaboration and matches with your band sound really well? Ooh, that's a good question. Nick, who do you think for rapping? <sighs> for rapping? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now, a rapper that's still doing it? Yeah, like somebody that you think matches your sound well or like would help kind of benefit the overall flow of a song and direction that you guys would want to go it could be anybody or it could be somebody you kind of know something like that that's what's up you know it would be cool it would be logic because he's from Uh, i was gonna say the same thing yeah yeah. Yeah. i love logic that would be that would be awesome um reggae artists i think would be awesome to tour sublime with rome just because they're a legendary background um iration would be really cool revolution oh no there's there's a lot of them man that's a hard question yeah, logic for sure because he got the local roots. He's a Maryland guy. For he's sure. kind of he, he built himself up from a local artist doing it independently, and uh, he's got that like Spitfire flow. I think definitely logic as far as rapping. Plus, he's like you know one of the biggest rappers that's relevant today. So probably logic on the rap on the rap side, but on the reggae side, yeah, maybe yeah, either Sublime with Rome or maybe even Pepper because Pepper Pepper um, has has developed their own kind of like like empire i guess you would say where they have other they're really good at pulling other artists up and they're and they produce all of their own artists um similar with like ballyhoo and howie he produces like a lot of artists behind the scenes and they're all part of that whole law family so i would say yeah pepper probably would probably be like the best reggae collaboration because they that would be dope too man. for so long yeah they've been doing it for so long they produce so many artists yeah so it just it would kind of flow naturally actually that you're saying about logic yeah no i remember well i'm from so actually i'm originally from uh arlington virginia so i'm from like the dmb area nice, and man. so like i i grew up there like so i'm always really in tune with like the you know the dmb rap scene so like, always love anybody that came through um and then logic it was actually weird he was he was opening up for mac miller like in 2013 and that was the first ever concert 
I went to and it was like some dingy place in Springfield. And I just remember that so much because this random kid was just rapping and we were just like, who is this? Like, he's so good. And like, where the hell do they find him? Like, he just said, like, um, I'm aiming for the why aim for the stars when there's footprints on the moon. That was the one line that like really stuck with me. I was like, all right, I like this. Oh, kid. yeah, bro. And it was weird. Yeah, it was so crazy. That was that. Like, right, first concert to go to, bro. I know. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to have logic. They didn't say, oh, that. well, yeah, this was before anyone knew who he was. I think Rest in peace, like, Mac Miller. That's a dope-ass first concert, man. RIP and Mac. And yeah, no, but that was like, I don't even know if that was, I think that was like right when he was doing Young Sinatra. So that's like second mixtape time where he's just like, no one really knows who the fuck logic is. Hey, let's take a shot to uh, mixtape logic. <laughs> Cheers, 99s, guys, 99s. Content, content, content. During a time where content is king and you need to keep posting as much as possible, your group has been doing a couple live streams, podcasts, obviously, and more. So what is your favorite type of content to create or be a part of as a band or individuals? My favorite's a music video. Um, we haven't really been able to do it as much as we'd like to. If we had Logan on here, Logan's uh, uh, does a little vocal, but he's our lead guitar player. He also helps write a lot of our music and produces a lot of our stuff behind the scenes. Um, I mean, you know, we would like to get more involved. It's, it's just with the COVID and then everyone having li like lives outside of music, it's been tough to get as involved as we'd like to be. But I think music videos are probably my favorite style of content. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, so so I would say. Um, like doing live streams is a big thing, obviously, now because you want to stay interacted with your fan base and you also want to see them kind of see you live and so on and so forth. Um, but do you feel like live streams are, are very beneficial overall to your band's image? Like, do you think they really do help? I think live streams help a lot of people. I think for me, like for me, I have to get in the mindset of, of like allowing live streams to help me. You know what I mean? Because I'm not a person that likes to be like in your face all the time. Like I'm, I, like I'm, I'm a person that likes to do my music and put it out as a project, as opposed to like being in your face all the time. Or like Logan's really good at like being in your face all the time because he's like, you know, he's really good at constantly putting himself out there on social media. That's not really me, you know. I don't really, I don't really do that. Uh, I, 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 it's hard for me to like program my mind into getting into that groove of like being like, here, here's me. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard for me to do that where, you know, some of the guys in our band are a little bit better at that. So I, I think it's beneficial if you can do it and use it to your advantage, but I'm just, you know, it's not my forte. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's, I think it's cool. Like, the, I mean, cause that's kind of what we're stuck with right now. That's, you know, the live stream aspect, just with everything going on, obviously in the world. Um, it, it's it, for me personally, it's, it's just hard. Like it could be my favorite band, but if I'm not there, like personally, it's not it like, how do you say it's not like uh, it's not it doesn't feel the same. So, and so at the same time, my, like my attention, like I can't stay on it. So like, I'll like, like just get all like start looking at something else and then I'll go back right. to the video, you know, if you're doing like live, live stream. So sometimes it's just hard to pay attention to it for me, at least I'm ADD as fuck. So that's, that probably explains why I feel that way. Um, but it's obviously it's not the same, uh, you know, but it's cool that people could still do live stream to kind of still, you know, continue to do something, you know, playing live music for people that want to hear your music, you know, obviously. So, yeah, the, the best to get involved with your 
your fan base is key because you want to have them engaged overall. Cause like if you're gone and they don't see you, then you're not relevant in their eyes because at the end of the day, there's so much music coming out. And to be fair, they're fans of your group. They're fans of your music. For sure. They might find somebody else and then want to learn more because they see more content. They see more information. But as you were saying, Devin, that like, you know, if you're not there at a live show, it kind of diminishes everything. And you're a bit sort of like, you know, oh, okay, like, I can obviously watch them, but then I can also watch TV at the same time or something. It's not like you're there in the stadium watching. And and I agree. But so overall, if you were to post or if you wanted to post or if you thought about using different sort of like uh, mediums to post on social media, like there's obviously IG, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and then like Twitch. Do you think any of those sorts of platforms would really benefit your band? So going live on IG, going live on Facebook, or doing like, you know, live streams, posting on Facebook, or doing live streams on YouTube or Twitch. Do you think that stuff would really help you guys? I mean, anything to get us more fans right now would be helpful. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and just to continue to stay active. That's like, yeah, obviously, absolutely. And the, and what you're putting out there is even more important. So like, if, if you get in the habit of putting out quality entertainment like you know it, it's it's all about discipline so like you know i'll take the blame like i i, I don't I'm, I'm not as involved as i probably could be but like if i actually started utilizing those platforms a lot more then people would get a lot more content so and the content would be good i'm not going to put some trash out there you know what i mean i'm not going to put something that like no one cares about obviously if i'm going to go live it's i want it to be good and that's just you know the way that i, I would try i would want to do it so uh it's kind of hard now uh what's the uh the thing you guys just did with with ben and logan um sorry i'm having a brain fart what's the uh you guys just did the live stream which was awesome oh yeah yeah with jimmy seafood jimmy seafood yes yeah that was cool it was like 20 bands so there's a lot of people logging in to see their band and then Right. So that was that was really neat. That was a cool concept, yeah. you know. It was cool. And we we and we put a lot of time into like getting ready for that live stream. So like, you know, it wasn't just like we scrapped together, we put together a set list, we practiced the songs, you know, we went over it, we we played, like we set up the the cameras. Like it was it, it was actually like a lot of work, you know. So um going live and just like kind of putting it out there is cool but like i you know i feel like a lot of stuff nowadays is very watered down and i don't want to put a watered down version of myself out there so that's probably why you're not seeing as much you know consistency but it's something we're working on so of course of course and especially you have six guys six individuals um it's difficult to get everybody together especially at a time like this where you like you don't know if it's right or wrong or whatever. So it, it, is, it is better to take it slow and take it safe than just trying to do something and it just flopping massively. So it's like, it's better to be very strategic, especially on these sorts of platforms. So I'd have to agree with you guys. And I think overall, like the more you can do to benefit your image, might as well. So, you know, taking shots on podcasts are is a great way to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. The more yeah. drunk you get, the looser it is. <laughs> Let's, take another one. Let's take another one. 99s. So y'all have been making music since 2016. So during that entire rise and fall of a career, what are the biggest highlights and lowlights you each have taken from your bands from conception to now? So Nick, you go first. Um, I would say the the biggest like highlights, like like rise, would be you know when we first getting we're first getting those like 
first accolades, like when we're, you know, getting talked about, we're first getting big shows. Um, we started putting together a big festival here in Timonium, Maryland. It's called the, the uh, Backstage Bash. We do it with High Tops. It's like a local bar. And when we first did it, it was like, you know, we had a, a bunch of big bands and it was a very like successful party. You know, it's usually three days long. And then seeing that grow year by year, the first, the first year we did, it was awesome. The second year we did, it was like, okay, this is something, you know? So that's like a big high. I think, I think that's a big high, a big high point. Low points probably right now, I'd say, just because we're not able to, it just feels different. It feels like, you know, because we're such a live band. Um, yeah, we're, we're, everyone's forced to lay, lay dormant and like be encouraged to stay home and stay, you know, stay, stay isolated. And uh, it makes it a lot harder and it gives, it gives us an out. It gives people an excuse to be like, you know what? I'm not going to go to practice today. I'm not, we don't have to, we don't have a show to perform. So why are we, pra- you know, what's the point? It's like that right now it says a lull because we're, we're all kind of in this COVID mindset. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely understand that. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult to keep everyone kind of like centered on one sort of main focus. Um, so yeah, Devin, what would you kind of say are your feelings or what are your kind of highs and lows? Um, the ultimate high is just being able to do what we get to do in, in front of people. Um, this is something that we've all we've all worked a, a massive amount of our life like doing um is is writing music and then being able to play that in front of people uh for people to hear what we've worked on and and our feelings and you know and all that stuff so um that's the biggest high for me it's always been that uh i don't i've never done this for the money this that's that's the biggest high to me is being able to play my music play drums in front of people with my best friends my brothers um that's amazing along with that we've been able to play with the white class the coolios the expendables the fortunate youth bumping uglies valley who all those all those bands so that all com- comes along with that which is amazing um yeah the low point is is obviously right now <laughs> like this this is the lowest of lows it's we don't we're not even able to play a show until october that's our next book date unfortunately so um, just with everything going on, this, it, it kind of sucks for any musician. Yeah, no, I, I fully understand. Yeah, no, I've asked that question before and I think it does kind of drive the same thing where it is like, you know, playing live shows is definitely always going to be a high for anybody. And then, you know, the low is really right now, right now it's, it's very difficult, especially when you do feed off each other's energy. Um, it should time. only go off from here though, man, you know, hopefully. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then it can also bring like a group together because they can realize like, hey, we really we really do enjoy being with each other. And then that's when you kind of do that like extra spark and that kicks in and then it kind of like um, snowballs from there. And that's what you can always hope for as like the light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah. But um, yeah. So you guys are true Marylanders. You guys. Well, Nick, you were born in Detroit and then moved to Maryland. But still. Yeah, He's I was 18. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, consider, I've been here for so long. I'll consider you a Marylander. I'll consider yeah. you a Marylander. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so obviously, as a Marylander, you know all about crabs in Old Bay. It just it coincides. Like, like it's one-two punch. So I wanted, I actually asked uh, the other group, Taller Tales, um, where to get the best crab cakes. And now I want you guys to tell me, where do you think, individually, where do you get the best crab cakes in Maryland? That's an amazing question. <laughs> I'm going to go with Pappas. The Pappas, there's two locations now. The Pappas location that's in Towson, 
hands down, the best crab cakes. I said it. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Pap, yeah, and, you're, and you're gre- looking like you don't agree with me. Eh? No, I do, I do, I do. No, Pap, Pap. So Papas, Papas, Jimmy's, and but I think G and M still the best. G and M by Jimmy's far. Jimmy's the second me, place for sure. G and M is by, my by, my by far my favorite. By far, always has been, always will be. G and M, little filler. The way they do it, they use lump crab. Uh, it's my favorite. They're huge, massive crab cakes. Papas does have a good blend. I like their flavor. Same with Jimmy's. They they have a specific. They're Greek restaurants, so I, I'm a Greek person. I get what they're doing. Uh, they're different. They have a specific style, but G and M, dude. Oh my god. I mean, you can't get a better crab. G and M is fire too. Opinion. I almost forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, that's yeah. a little hike from us, though. It's a hike. Yeah, it's like an hour drive. Oh damn. Oh, it's yeah. Olympico. So, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Brian, he said, well, he's from like Westminster, so he said rock salt. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Never heard no. that. I'm gonna have to check that Not, out though. So he said it's like, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like uh he said it's like a small sort of like local restaurant over there. What's um, it called? Rock like, salt? Yeah. I'm gonna check that out, man. Yeah, but obviously, like if you make them at home, like that's when it's gonna be like the true authentic. But always you gotta let them know as little breadcrumbs as possible. Just let the crabs like do their thing. Like they're they're good. Let the old bay and crabs mix. Like that's what you need. Bro, yeah. you already know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I read about you both. Yeah, exactly. You got to let them do it. But yeah, I read about both of you. So Devin and Nick, you both really enjoy skateboarding. Um, so when you're not making music, I'm assuming you guys do skateboard. So where in Baltimore or where nearby do you guys kind of think are the best places to skate around or like just kind of enjoy yourself? The Hamden Skate Park. There's like a free skate park in Hamden, which is super badass. They just completely revamped the whole thing. Um, by where I live, I live in Bel Air. So there's a Bel Air skate park. It's part of like this youth center, super badass. Woodward built all these ramps. Uh, if talking street spots, like downtown, the Lyric has always been really good. Um, little spots around like the inner Harbor and stuff like that. But it, I like, I like going to the parks cause Baltimore street skating is pretty rough. So <laughs> I would say, I would say hand and skate park or like the Bel Air skate park. Um, York, York in Pennsylvania has a really good skate park too. So. Charm City Skate Park. Yeah, those are all dope. And uh, considering I suck ass at skateboarding now, <laughs> once I started drumming, I, like I stopped skateboarding kind of. You know, I didn't want to break my arm and like not be able to play drums. But uh, it's all uh, it's it's been a hobby that I've done just kind of low key. I just like to cruise around, pop an ollie or whatever. So wherever I can pop an ollie is is good, is good with me. <laughs> that's that's the go to. I just the like the feeling of like cruising and chilling. You know. It's, that's Hell my yeah. thing. Nick, Nick is a beast, though. Yeah. So more like longboard vibes or like... No, not even that. I just... I like the skateboard feel. I just... I can do like an ollie and a shove it. I can do a heel flip. I've never been able to do a kick flip for some reason, but I can do a heel flip, you know, board slides, whatever, cruising down some ramps. I can do a couple tricks, you know? But Hell yeah, dude. It's, it's not what it used to be. I used to be a lot better when that's all I was focusing on when I was in middle school. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I uh, lost you. You lost it. You lost it. All right. Well, let's take a shot to Devin getting back his uh, skateboarding yes. ability. <laughs> We're going to talk about Rumble. <laughs> this next section is a reoccurring section that I've done a couple times now. It is called Unpopular Opinions. So I am going to say an unpopular opinion that I have. You guys give me your feelings about it. If you agree, disagree, and why. Make sense? Yes. Perfect. So 
My first unpopular opinion. Drinking alcohol is more fun than smoking weed. Uh, I would agree with that. I agree with that. Nick agrees. Devin's a bit... Ah. Dude, it depends. It depends what you're doing. It, de- it depends on your environment, for sure. Because you don't want to be too high, and then you'd like start freaking out and having anxiety. Yeah, but Dev, you probably drink more often than you smoke, right? I, I do. I balance them evenly. So... <laughs> say it's 50-50? Yeah. Moderation. 50-50 is the way I... Really? Yeah. It's the way I go. I'm, you know, I'm mutual about this, all right? I, I like both. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not all one side or all the other side you kind of like you know you dabble you give it like, both, like put choice. it this way like we're out chilling you know we're at it we're at the bar or whatever and someone's like you want to hit this blunt or this the shot i would be like let's hit both of them at the same time that's, <laughs> that's, that's impressive that's impressive yeah, that that's, takes skill that's what i would do yeah, for sure. I didn't even know that's possible. How the fuck do you take a shot and <laughs> yeah, blunt at the same time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you take the shot first, Ned. Or no, no, no. You take a hit of the weed, and then you hold the weed in, and then you take the shot. And then you, then yes. you brought the, the weed after. Yeah. Don't tell anyone It's like a strikeout minus the everything else. We're giving you golden nuggets right here. That's how you take <laughs> a hit and a shot at the same time. <laughs> so anyone out there... Try it out and see if it works. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are like, "Fuck yeah, I love doing that." No, if Logan was here, he'd say the uh, he'd say weed more. I mean, like, yeah, same with, same with yeah, Kyle. definitely like, Kyle. Kyle's the yeah. biggest spothead you've ever met. Yeah, ever. they're more weed yeah. guys. They they do it like as a supplement. I, I I like smoking weed, but if I if I'm already wasted and I and I smoke weed, I'm probably gonna puke even though I have a good time. Yeah. Um, Nick has a real good time. <laughs> Have a good time. Yeah, have a good time. Because <laughs> real good time. You don't want to mix those two with Nick. <laughs> yeah, it gets, crazy. it gets crazy. But I mean, I have, pretty high, I have pretty high alcohol tolerance, which is it probably works to my disadvantage in those in those moments. But yeah, smoking yeah, weed for me, smoking weed for me is like it can be like more of a personal thing. Drinking is like more of a social thing for me. So yeah, you know, I'm out, yeah, hanging out, whatever. Drinking is, yeah. is great. But if you I smoke just, weed. Just, and you're just and you're like you you want to like watch a movie or like you know or like write a song or do you know that that's yeah, the, chill. that when you like yeah yeah I mean you really yeah. it's like it's almost like a supplement in that point like it's it's more of like a like a like a PED you know yeah exactly it's it's not it's not gonna just make your whole world flip upside down especially right. when you're trying to do all of it together but uh, yeah so that's the first one down good I'm glad I got to know that about uh, you know taking hits and shots so now yeah now you know dude my my second unpopular opinion crabs aren't that good unless they're a crab cake or drenched in old bay no just chill with all that completely disagree with that yeah 100 percent. okay but why i i can't stand the little weird yellow goop and shit and then you know breaking it all down like obviously i know it's a part of it like you need to be able to break it down i'd rather have a crawfish than i'd have Oh, crap. You can keep the mustard out of it. So yeah, you don't have to eat the mustard, but yeah. So then and and blue crab is sweet. Blue crab has is sweet. And sa- same with like Alaskan king. If you get a good Alaskan king and just butter, I mean you don't need old bay. You don't need if you're just looking for that crab taste. And there's a way I do it. The way I do it is I, I bash the body first, take all the guts out, and then when you bash the body, it loosens the crab meat up a little bit. And then you just pull it out in chunks and you just put it in the butter. You don't even need Old Bay. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, that's the way if you move from Michigan to Maryland, but that's not <laughs> the way to actually eat a crab. You leave the legs on. You, there's a little penis underneath the crab. Unfortunately, you got to rip off the penis and the balls. And then you crack it open. You crack the thing. You crack it in half at that point after you scrape out all the guts and whatnot. And then what I do is I, I snap it into quarters and then I break off the back fin. You break off the back fin of it, which is like, or like the back shell of it, I should say. And then you just pull the legs out and it'll pull all the meat out. It's just succulent crab meat. Oh, it sounds amazing. Like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was just like oh, man. the most clinical analysis of how to break <laughs> a crab shell. So I actually, I might use that now. I might use that now. Shit. I need to, I need to know. You don't have to snap it in the quarters like I do either. That's just my thing. I, you could, you could leave it all in one half and then you just break off the back shell. You squeeze the legs, break off the back shell and then just pull the leg out. All the meat comes right out with it. I used to make little piles with it. And then Nick would snag it for me when we were kids. <laughs> That's a good move. I, vinegar too is good. I, I yeah, use vinegar. vinegar is amazing. Yeah. Vinegar, butter. All right. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. So I guess I got to go back to get some real, <laughs> real crabs uh, now. Yeah, dude. Uh, still the right it. It. Yeah, exactly. We'll send some, we'll send some to you. Cross the pond. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, so actually, no, this last one. This last unpopular opinion, this is for Devin specifically. And I'm touching on the point. He's been drinking 99 bananas. And he also said that one of his most favorite alcoholic beverages is Rumplemints. And if anyone doesn't know what Rumplemints are, you don't want to know. So Rumplemints is absolutely disgusting. It just tastes like peppermint and fucking sugar. So why? Why? Yeah, I don't steer them in the wrong direction. It's good. It's good. It's very smooth. It's like it's, it's like not. it's like sipping down some minty bubblegum, and, uh, and then you feel really good after. <laughs> oh no! You feel <laughs> terrible. You feel I terrible. Mean, after. Like drinking five beers, it's equivalent to like having like five beers. Yeah, I'd I'd rather take my time with five beers than just fucking take a <laughs> fucking shot of rum. <laughs> right, fair, like fair enough. Yeah, oh, rum is good. Warm. I like it. Yeah, uh, just. I guess it's unique. That's for sure. So you know what? Let's take a shot for 99 bananas, rumplements, and just unique, Cheers, unique bro. shit. Get into the last round. Get into the last round. One shot, and then we're done. Touching on a point that Nick made earlier about the backstage bash music festival that you guys came up with. Where did that concept originally come from, and whose idea was it first to create it? Well, it was Brandon, um, the manager slash son of the owner of High Tops. So they wanted to put on like a music festival and they're really good friends with us. Like we've known them for a long time. Devin used to work at High Tops. Uh, A bunch of our friends work there. You know, we've been going there forever. All of our parents go there. I mean, it's like the watering hole. So um, we've had a connection with High Tops for a very long time. Brandon wanted to put together a festival. We were in a band. We're like, let's make this happen. And it just kind of like grew from there. Okay, so it was it was kind of like you guys just kind of put it together with pretty much your family sort of restaurant that everyone kind of went to, or everyone had some sort of connection, and then it just kind of grew naturally from there. Absolutely, because I mean, High Tops is the spot that everyone knows. Everyone knows High Tops, and it's right next to the fairgrounds. So people go to the fairgrounds for different stuff. There's the state fair. There's you know different carnivals that happen, different concerts that happen. Um, perfect location, and like it, I mean, it just worked like. 
high tops has um there's like a noise ordinance thing that, that for the state of maryland like you can't play past a certain hour so like they i mean they have uh, connections with the state i mean they know like people with the state that can actually like make that kind of thing happen at a bar so it was just it, it just made a lot of sense and um all, all it takes is building a stage you know there's different sound companies harford sound um and you know even high, high tops has their own like connections and different people they work with for production so it just it was very easy to to, to make it actually happen and it was a no-brainer you're selling tickets you're serving beer you're, you're providing tunes different bands i mean you know it just worked it worked a lot of good bands that draw a lot of people um and the fact that we kept like the admission free that helps out a lot too by drawing a lot of people in as well um but yeah it's been a big success uh, fernando and and logan of our band they they play a big role in and kind of setting everything up it's kind of been like their gig um you know but we all we all help out in our own way yeah exactly so it's kind of like it is like a group feel but there's people who kind of had like the little nitty-gritty bits but it is kind of like it is sort of like when you think of backstage you're also thinking about educated fools like they're kind of coincided with one another and you guys have ran it for four years so it must be working and it must be doing well overall so that's definitely big ups to you guys overall yeah, for sure unfortunately it's canceled this year but yeah of course, and that, <laughs> so, and that, that touches on everything like with covid like there's no music festivals or real live shows coming back for quite a while like Unless there's some reports that says 2021, there's some support reports that are saying 2022. It's kind of all over the uh, map right now, but there has been a movement for drive-in concerts. I think the idea and the concept is like, it's a bit, okay, this is a cool idea to get people engaged and out. But again, like there are some loopholes. So how do you guys feel as people who have created a music festival or done some sort of background of a music festival? How do you feel like that concept of a drive-in concert would even work? Or do you think that's even a good idea at all? I think Yeah, I mean, it, it could work. work. It could work. You're in front of a live band and you're safe or whatever. But I mean, I, I just think that we're taking, I think, I mean, this may be controversial to say, but I think we're taking too many precautions. I mean, you look, you watch a baseball game like I was watching today. Uh, you have a huge stadium, you know, you have the, the complete ability to social distance. You can sell it at 30%, 40% capacity. And you have people sitting in every other seat or just blocking off entire sections. We can do that with the, with the venue. We, I mean, so, you know, I just think they're, they're just, they're taking the abundant measures to protect everybody, which I get, but it's, it's overblown in my opinion. So yeah, I think you do for sure. Shout out to anyone that's just trying to make it happen right now, too, you know. So, if you know, the, the drive-in, that's a cool concept. I'm with it. I like it. That's cool. That's how I yeah. feel. Yeah, anything to kind of get some sort of live music, live action back is right. is a good step. But I just think there are some sort of loopholes where it's just obviously like, how do you ensure that people will not just be literally drinking and driving all over the place? Because that, that is a that is a obviously you're literally in your car, you're driving into a place, you're at a concert, most likely you're going to be drinking. How do you kind of like navigate that? But actually what Nick was saying that, that that's interesting that you think like, I understand like obviously an outdoor space, you could easily kind of block off sections and properly still fill out the stadium in a way. And I think that still works and it would work for many different types of venues. And obviously inside it's still a bit, 
difficult overall. And I guess you want to be more safe than sorry. I guess yeah, I, I think people's people's propensity to drink and drive isn't going to change. Like I, I mean, if you're going to drink and drive, you're going to drink and drive. So you shouldn't do that, obviously, for one. Yeah. But people who go out, well, people do it. People do it. I mean, right. and, and same people, thing when you leave any concert, people are drinking, they're hopping in their cars and stuff. You know, but that is a good point. If they're already sitting in their car. <laughs> Yeah, you go to a Ravens game, everyone's everyone's limping out of there. Like, I mean, it's not it's not just because you know of COVID. It, people are going to drink and drive if they're, they're going to drink and drive, and people are going to take the safe measures to to make sure they get home safely if they're going to participate. Like, that's just going to happen. It's not you know, COVID's not going to affect that. Um, so that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I I respect it. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah, no, like it makes sense because you you have um, you want to be. Uh, able to create a show for your fans and you want to be able to make um, live shows come back in a safe environment for everybody. And you need to have some sort of first step into that. It can't just be like, go from nothing to fully booked shows like that. That doesn't work, especially at this moment. Um, but that the actually the drive in thing too is like, there's one drive-in in Maryland. It's, it's Benji's. They're not even doing live performances. They're just, they're playing Jaws and they're playing Jurassic Park. Like they're they're okay. not they're not set up to do live stuff. So yeah, maybe yeah, other, yeah. other states, other cities are doing that, but it's not really here in Maryland. Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah. So that which is kind of small, but also some I'm just thinking about as we're talking about this is like maybe that would kind of suck too because you're just playing in front of a bunch of cars. You know, a lot of times when you're playing music, you're vibing off the energy of the crowd and people dancing and moving, and you could see their faces, their expressions, so on and so forth. So just watching people in their cars with their headlights on might be kind of weird, you know. Um, there's no movement or any energy. It's that would, it would be kind of weird, actually, thinking about it, you know. It's, Is that something that's popular in London or in England? No, uh, they they've done a couple in like you know more of the, like the outside spaces, so like not in the center, like amphitheaters the and stuff. Yeah, so like kind of like more outside of the city where there's a bit more room and stuff. But there's like a couple spaces like in uh either europe they've done it a couple times and then also some places in the u.s they're trying to do it um even there's a a recent sort of show that kind of came with a lot of backlash and it was chase rice in tennessee he was at a sort of a music festival and it wasn't any sort of proper social distancing everyone was kind of on top of each other that kind of leads me to my last question if you had the opportunity to play a live show, would you take it or would you kind of be a bit more cautious? I would take it. Yeah, I would take it 100%. Maybe not at the beginning of everything, but now that I'm seeing bars opening back up and people walking around without face mask and not really giving a shit, um, I would, we would take the right precautions, but I would absolutely take it. And uh, if, if we had the opportunity to, for sure. Yeah. I think I think it's up to each band and it's up to them to decide how they want to do it. Like, so if you did it, it doesn't mean that everyone's on top of each other. You can still properly space things out and make sure that, like, no, everyone's safe at the end of the right. day. But if you guys are having the opportunity to at least play in front of people, it gives you that chance of actually like doing something again, what you guys love. And that's that's what music is. You got to do what you love. Um, yeah, so, yeah people that are willing to take the risk are going to co- come out. And if you're willing to take the small risk that's there and you come out, you have a good time. Say you get sick. I mean, what's 
it's a matter of time, in my opinion. If you, if you're yeah, you're go ultimately, I feel like everyone's going to be exposed to this virus at, yeah. at one point or another. Um, and I get it. It's public safety. And, you know, no, nobody wants to get it, obviously. But um, at some point, we're going to have to get things back to normal. And if it doesn't, that's fucking weird. I don't, you know, I don't even know. I can't even imagine that, you know? It, yeah. No, I can't. I can't go either way because at the end of the day, like, it is kind of up to each individual how they approach it. Um, obviously, you want to be smart. You want to be safe. You want to be intelligent about how you do everything. But you do have to allow people to slowly get back into some sort of normalcy and some sort of um, regular way of life. Yeah. And, you know, right. So if you want to go out, then go out. That's up to you. You know, if you, if you want to take that risk, that's up to you as an individual, I think, you know. So um, that's that's my feelings on it. Yeah. Hey, that's a way to end it. Everybody, let's take our final shot. Definitely. Well, I want there to be a next time too, hopefully. Let's do this again. This is fun. Uh, so your newest single, Operate, is now out everywhere. Um, is there anything you guys want to say about it or any other new music that's coming out in the near future you guys want to talk about? Yeah, check out check it out on all streaming platforms. It's going to be out um, once we put it out there. It'll be on Spotify. It'll be on, um, you know, Basically, yeah, Spotify, any music streaming platform, Apple Music, all that stuff. Uh, and as far as new projects, we have like seven, eight songs in the works. <laughs> so we have a bunch of new stuff that we're working so on. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. That's good. That's good news. That's good news for your fans. That's good news for us. And yeah, so again, thank you so much, Devin and Nick, for sitting down with me and taking shots. Educated Fools, listen to them now. Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you want to find music, they're there. So again, take a shot with me, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Music, rate us on Apple Music, give us five stars, um, say Robert's better than Devin and Nick, uh, Devin and Devin's better than Nick, Devin's better, Devin and Nick are better than Robert. I don't care what you say, just give us five <laughs> stars, honestly, that's all that matters. And once again, thank you so much, Devin. Thank you so much, Nick. And thank I you. really appreciate it. And yeah, no, this was awesome. And I'm going to, I need to go to bed. All right. Let's go. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks again for right. uh, watching. Later, bro. Listen. See you guys. Spoken, turn thoughts into words, into words.